So, um, welcome to a special edition of BeerNet Radio. Jen, your dreams all coming true, as promised? As promised, it is. So we thought we'd um, do more segments where it's just us talking about what we think about the news, kind of analyzing, and we're calling it the warehouse. Maybe the Wednesday warehouse. The Wednesday warehouse. That might tie us too closely to a deadline. It could be like the Thursday warehouse or the Friends Day warehouse. We, we could we do a, we every have, other. We have enough deadlines. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh shit, it's Wednesday at four o'clock in the afternoon. We haven't recorded the Wednesday warehouse yet. Yeah, I think we should keep it more open. All right, so what struck you about the last, uh, I don't know, couple of weeks? I mean, obviously the great convergence continues. So that would be Martinelli buying Quality Beverage. And, uh, you know, Quality Beverage has AB, Constellation, Sierra Nevada, um, Hillis, I mean, a lot of other big craft, Yingling, New Belgium, you know, Loverboy, all that. It, it's crazy because, you know, it, it seems like this deal happened kind of quickly. We had one source tell us that they heard that the quality team was called in for like an emergency meeting. And some of them thought, oh, my God, we're going to like... We're going to like debrief and powwow on this Bud Light thing, on this Bud Light backlash. Well, it turns out, no, no quite different. Quite different, yeah. Um, but yeah, the strategy is interesting. I mean, so far as I know, they don't have any infrastructure in Massachusetts for beer. It's mostly a wine and spirits wholesaler. They're like a top six wine and spirits wholesaler in the country. So we'll see if the deal gets supplier approval. I've reached out to a lot of the suppliers uh, one of them said that quality hasn't even informed them yet. Again, might be like a well, fast divorce. Well, they're informed now, yes. We'll use Beer versus Daily for the very <laughs> Right. That's, you just nailed the key is, will AB approve? A couple of things. First of all, Massachusetts is a tough, especially outside of Boston, is a tough market to make money just as a beer distributor because it's rural and there's no chains and uh it's expensive. The labor's, you know, there's a lot of reasons. And so I'm I'm wondering if maybe AB would let that one go because it does make sense to have beer, wine, and spirits sold together. That's just my take. But here's the question um, I had for Jen earlier is Martinelli has no allegiance to any beer brand, right? I don't think so. so. Why would they pick one with an AB house when AB has been like the bigger stickler on deals than Molson Coors, you know? I You mean like match and redirect type thing? Yeah. I mean, it just seems like AB kind of has a, you kind of have to go through more hoops or they don't rubber stamp anything. Yeah. I'm not saying Molson Coors does. Right. Well, and to that point too, I mean, could the AB branch in what, is it Boston? That's where the branch is, right? Is that part of this at all? Like what sort of strategy is going on? And do we think AB is going to divest of more branches? And so I think, I, I think you, again, brilliant. You <laughs> hit it right on the head that, you know, one is will AB approve the deal and a corollary to that, or maybe superseding that is that, is this an AB's plan? Like you said, AB has a plan, right? you know, and yeah. if this isn't part of the plan, it's not going to get rubber stamped. And I think um, if this is part of an AB plan to divest of a branch, then maybe, uh, you know, Martinelli is the right uh, party for that. The, the other thing is that if AB wants to keep the branch, that's another incentive yeah. to have Martinelli because nobody wants to be next to a branch. Yeah. And, as, and like I said, that's a it's a tough market. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll know pretty soon, I think, whether this is in AB's plan or not. Um, I don't 
don't see any reason why they would block it or but I also see what am I trying to say? I do I see reasons why they would block it and I also see equal weight reasons why they wouldn't. So whatever that's worth, which is exactly zero. But well we'll know in you know early summer when it's supposed to close. But um another interesting point I think or angle is if you look at branches in other parts of the country, who, if an AB, if AB does want to divest of them, who would potentially acquire them? I mean, could they potentially be wine and spirits wholesalers that acquire those branches, right? I mean, it could maybe some sort of test balloon. I don't know. It, it does. I mean, you know, we've all, there's always chatter that Southern California yeah. could be in play, yep. LA, San Diego. Who You're right. Who would buy them? It could be private equity, like Redwood. could be things we don't even have heard of yet. You know, I, I think AB likes to keep all of those options in play or Wine and Spirits House, you know, or uh, or it could be Eagle, Eagle Rock. Yeah, Eagle Rock. Rock. Yeah, thank you. Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. <laughs> it's a moving target, right? Yeah. What is the value of an AB branch, though? Because I think what's gone on in California has really kind of diminished the value because the AB distributors that have lost Constellation Olympic Eagle says it's drives it as a Hindenburg event, yeah. saying like we're fucked if we don't have constellation. Right. And they still have AB, but yeah. that's still how they describe. Yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, and they still have craft brains. But if you're stuck with nothing but AB brains, I'm just kind of wondering. <laughs> yeah, well, especially on the on the coast. Yeah, California is. You know, in the Midwest where they have high share, in the Southeast, mm-hmm. it's not a, really a problem, right. but. You know, going back, it's why Miller and Coors distributors originally merged. They couldn't hack it on their own. Miller fought it. Coors fought it for years until they finally didn't. And they realized this is inevitable. And you wonder if AB and Constellation are going to end up on that path where eventually both companies would be like, we got to live together in certain markets. Yeah, but Constellation wants that less than AB wants that, right? (laughs) I mean, I I guess so. I think they both don't want it, but they... Kind of, it's kind of like Molson and Coors didn't want it either. But I mean, you can't have one distributor markets. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. government's yeah. not allowed yeah. even if you could. Apparently, <laughs> we have to have competition. Yeah. yeah. So the industry works best when the both distributors are near 50 share. For my first half of my career in the industry, it was lopsided in favor of AB. And the Molson Coors in general, unless you're, you know, in Milwaukee or something, uh, had half the share of AB, and it was tough for those guys. And then, then they started just bringing on all these companion brands. Miller and Coors merged, and then they you saw fifty share each mm-hmm. in most markets. And when you get that, the distributorship values go way up. And I think that's another reason why we've seen their values go up, up, up and up because um, you just you just make a lot of money at fifty share. Mm-hmm. The difference between fifty share and thirty share. Is the difference between what, Jordan? Chicken, chicken salad, and chicken <laughs> shit. Okay, it's a big distinction. Do you see what I'm going? Do you yeah. See what I'm... Yeah. So anyway, that enough ranting. <laughs> what else are we gonna talk about? I think there's one we all. I mean, just kind of going from the convergence is spirits from beer suppliers putting them in a really sticky situation. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And every time they come out with a new spirit, like this new bourbon. All these distributors complain about, hey, we're not getting that. We're not getting this. And it's, I think it's some suppliers are trying to get out in front of it, like 
Mark Anthony, where they just said up front, okay, look, ABV below this is going to you. ABV above this is going to wine spirits. Mm -hmm. And that's a uniform approach, but the BevAlk legislation isn't uniform. And so some states that works and some states that doesn't. And you look at a state like Indiana, in Indiana, beer and spirits can't be in the same place together. And so now there's beer wholesalers that are kind of behind this push to try and change the legislation to at least get in on low proof spirits, basically spirits, RTDs, 15% ABV and under. Right. But White Claw has already rolled out vodka soda with spirits distributors. If this legislation gets passed, the thing about it is Reyes is in that state. So there's a good chance that, you know, they might shift over to Reyes as will truly vodka soda. But I mean, Mark Anthony still has to work with these spirits distributors for this new, the foolproof. The foolproof. Yeah, white, white claw vodka. Yeah. Same thing with Boston Beer with their Beam Suntory products, you know, the, the Truly Vodka and the Twisted Tea Vodka. So, I mean, it's just a really sticky situation. And I think if legislation does get passed, it will be very, very fascinating to see what suppliers go where, see their moves or lack thereof. It sounds like, Jordan, that feelings are going to get hurt. It definitely <laughs> does. <laughs> the feelings are just, there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings, Jen, yeah. in this industry. And yeah. already are, there already are. Yeah. And in a state where it's legal, I think, uh, you know, a, a Molson Coors, for instance, they should give the beer house the first take at it if they want it, if they're licensed, you know? It seems a little short-sighted just to get a, maybe a little better execution with a wine and spirits house, but now your relationship with your bread-and-butter beer house is tainted? I don't know. Well, and you're, you're totally right because that's the gripe that, you know, the Indiana beer wholesalers were kind of throwing out to uh, the legislators is we've carried these brands for decades, you know, and they feel like they've earned dibs on whatever their supplier partners come out with, you know, so... Yeah, I see where they're coming from. Well, and that's interesting because that's sort that's an Indiana specific dynamic, right? Um, but we also, and you mentioned it, Jordan. We also reported on the Barman eighteen seventy three deal from Molson Coors Whiskey Co. Um, and the ex expanded footprint also for Five Trail. And it was interesting to me because okay, so now they're going to Colorado, Georgia, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky. Mo is Montana, right, guys? It's Missouri. Missouri. Yes. I always. I always miss, I guess Montana is empty. Yes. Okay. Yes. Duly noted. New York, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, and Wyoming. And we reported on this this week. And then I did a little more digging and I asked, you know, MC, like, well, who, who are you sending this through? Is it going to be your beer wholesalers or is it going to be spirits wholesalers? And, you know, the response was, oh, it's going to be a mix. And I guessed breakthrough, right? Ding, ding, ding. And when we wrote that, we got some truth squatters right in and say, well, hey, you know, they compete with Molson Coors in some markets like St. Louis. Um, but, you know, I've, we've since learned, too, that, that Capital Reyes will get it in Austin. And, of course, like Andrews and Faust will get it in the rest of Texas. And I think, I think Reyes is going to get it in um, Tennessee, too. But it's interesting because, obviously, a lot of those guys also have Sazerac, right? So, you know, you've got these crossed lines of some malt producers with their spirits plays going to their beer guys, but in a lot of cases going to the wine and spirits guys, and they're going to, I mean, they're going to have to start picking a lane, right? I don't know. Maybe it's all going to be like 
Swiss cheese. It's going to be like every which way. Well, you're right. I mean, you would think picking a lane would be the most efficient, easiest, least resistant path. Therefore, they go, everybody goes the other way. Yeah, like, right. I don't know why these, dis- but maybe we just don't have all the data. To me, simplicity just would trump any kind of tiny extra edge and what, you know, whatever market you think you're suffering in. And most, I mean, where it's where it's legal, most beer distributors now have liquor licenses, right? Because their suppliers have done all of this. So, yeah, if I'm a beer distributor, I'm like, really? Um, especially with the overtures that have been made. Um, but, uh, oh, and then, Jordan, when you were mentioning earlier about the, the Mark Anthony, uh, but I forget if they told us why. Like, did they ever explain exactly why? Did they, Harry? I mean, they didn't explain why, except to say that we felt this was the fairest way. Yeah. And that way, because I think they kind of mentioned at their meeting that they want to be partners with both sides and they don't want to piss either side off. And they value that more than, I guess, what kind of Mm -hmm. Molson Coors is doing, which is piecemealing it based on market. I mean, it sounds like I'm criticizing, well, of course, I guess I am, but I mean, there are reasons to do that um, because each market is so different. And if you have a a plan or some kind of strategy and you want to design each market around that strategy, you know, I I get that. I'm just questioning whether uh, it's worth yeah, uh, pissing under, off under, your yeah, that's <laughs> undermining their trust too, yeah. which is you know with wholesalers is very important. Yeah, it did seem like they explained why, other than just to get in front of this kind of tense situation, and it makes sense. Wholesalers seemed pretty okay with yeah. it at the meeting. Yeah, I, I thought so too. There was a, I think there's value in getting ahead of it and just saying, hey, this is yeah. the pro- this is what we're doing. Everybody's like, uh, you know, like Jordan said, everybody's kind of, okay, that yeah. sounds fair, you know, and then now it's not an issue. Yeah. So. What else? I We also, oh, Jordan, you wanted to touch, I think, on, well, we got some big Diageo news this week, right? Well, big, less big than we thought it was originally, because I think originally people thought that Diageo was closing the open gate entity. Right. Right. Yeah. In Baltimore. And that's not what's happening. No, they're which, just shutting down their production burger. Which was pretty small. I mean. Yeah. And it's easy to see why it got mixed up because they both sit on the same property. But Diageo, it's important to note, I think, that Diageo had been in Relay, Maryland for two decades now. They bought an old plant from Seagram's and used that as a bottling operation for like over a decade. And then. Once, you know, craft beer started to roll, they kind of got an edge to do some beer production for Guinness here in the States and then open Open Gate Brewery. But Open Gate Brewery is fine. Like the destination hospitality side isn't going anywhere. That that remains. It's the behind the scenes, all the equipment that <laughs> I guess they weren't using. Well, yeah. I mean, like you said, Seagram's was using as a bottling plant like 1925. I mean, if you've ever been in there, there's cobwebs. It's an old, old plant. I'm sure their equipment's fine, but, you know, honestly, Diageo could have just done it and not even told anybody, and nobody would have known or cared, well, except they, for the job losses. But, uh, yeah, like, yeah, um, was, yeah, yeah, I defile that, yeah. yeah. You always got to be careful with those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've, been, we've been bitten by those before. But I think it just goes to show that, you know, what is a brand largely built on imports doing with a production facility, a beer production facility here in the U.S. We got another reminder of that a couple weeks ago with Constellation in Daleville, Mm -hmm. which 
I'll raise my hand. I had no idea where it is. <laughs> you know, they kind of moved it into an R&D facility, but a U.S. production facility. I uh, is that like a, an old ballast point? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 We haven't talked about this yet, but I think that's kind of a big deal because it seems like a very friendly deal to me because it's the largest, fastest growing supplier selling assets to the next largest, fastest growing supplier. Mm-hmm. And we've seen in the day where, you know, some breweries, they closed down a facility and sold it for scrap metal then give it to their competitors. Right. And Sapporo had to buy a whole entire <laughs> crap brain to get <laughs> capacity in the US. Yeah. And New Belgium. So I I would uh I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall those negotiations because it just seems interesting and for sure. You know, a very, very fast growing supplier seems a little strange. Because because it's a multi year deal for New Belgium to co-pack for Constellation. And what they told us was, you know, on background that they have the opportunity and the option to produce new innovation for Constellation as well. So that, you know, to your point, Jordan, it seems like there would be some, you know, closely closely guarded trade secrets and R&D passing back and forth there. But, you know, I mean, they're businesses, so there's stuff. Yeah, well, there's stuff to guardrail that. But still, that is that's interesting. Yeah, it also just may be a way to clean up their balance sheet a little bit. You know, why there's no reason to have that brewery on their books. And anything they can sell that they're not really using just makes their current assets more valuable. And they they have a giant hole in the ground in in Mexico that they had to abandon for like a billion dollars. So you get you know, you gotta kinda of bite away at that, uh, to, to recoup some of that back. I know it's a small, it's a small, you know, price thing for them. Yeah. But you know, they don't, they don't need the capacity and, and you, but you're right, Jordan. I mean, they're, they're just letting capacity go and that's always a leg up and it's a downward pressure on pricing ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Captive capacity. But, you know, I'm surprised at helping a competitor, but Ballast Point is the source of <laughs> athletics growth. June, June shine, yep. New Belgium's growth. So, wow. Yeah. On the carcass of the carcass of Ballast, Ballast Point. Thank you. Wow. That is such a great point. <laughs> but where one brewery dies, five, it is like feeding on a carcass makes you stronger. And capacity is, it's not easy to build, it's expensive. To maintain, but it's uh, once it's there, you got to fill it up, right? No, I just wanted to bounce it off y'all because it wasn't long ago that I think it was Molson Coors where their Eden facility in North Carolina, they closed yeah. that, sold it off to China for scrap metal yeah. before they let Paps have it. Yeah. Sorry, Jordan. Harry's weird <laughs> cameras are, have detonated themselves. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> So, Harry, all right, you you start us off on the next topic. Uh, let's go straight into politics and talk about Alexa. Yeah. So, I have a hot take on this. You know, when it was first revealed, you know. Sunday, maybe? Yeah. Well, that's when I find, I saw it online. Yeah, People were starting to chatter about it, yeah. you know, you know, hiring a, a transgender activist uh, for Bud Light during March Madness and, you know. Twitter went a little bit crazy. And I think the kind of the narrative at the time was like, why would AV wade into the culture wars 
with their biggest brand, yeah. you know. And um, and of course, there's now you've got Ken Rock out here shooting cans of Bud Light with his shotgun. Dicks you know. So, you know, I, I think probably AB didn't expect it to stay in the news cycle that extra day with Kid Rock. Um, you know, we'll see if it goes anywhere. The bottom line is that these boycotts rarely work. They never last. I mean, look at Kaepernick and Nike. I mean, does anybody care about that anymore? No. And, you know, and so the but bottom line is you may have entered the consideration set of some Gen Z's that they wouldn't even ever consider touching a Bud Light before now. And now they're, you know, oh, well, Bud Light, you know, that's pretty cool. So I don't, I see it as a win. And depletions might have gone up with Kid Rock. You know. <laughs> I mean, you're right. All the grain pouring that we're seeing online of Bud Lights, they're going to have to buy. replace it. Right? Well, you got to buy them to drain pour them, right? Like, yeah. That's hilarious. Do you know, I don't know if you saw this, Harry, and I don't know if you saw this, Jordan, but somebody uh, left a comment on, like, one of our first YouTube podcasts in the last, like, week. They were, like, mad enough to leave a mad comment about, I hate Bud Light, and I was a Bud Light drinker for 40 years. Oh, and, seriously? Yeah, this yeah, is... Bud Light drinker for 40 years, and they spelled Bud Light with an E. <laughs> Can you imagine the wine and spirits industry reacting to something like this this way, or wine and spirits consumers reacting to something this way, and here spirits is eating our lunch, and... That is a good point. Like, when we have our Wine and Spirits Summit, somebody had shown that slide as their marketing plan, nobody would have batted an eye. And it is, there is a difference in culture, I guess. But you're right, that they're eating our lunch. And we're throwing our arms up over this. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't really clear if it was a real partnership or it seemed like they had just kind of sent her a gift. Mm -hmm. Then she posted it. She has a huge following. And then it just kind of exploded from there because. But like they do all these little one-off cans and you know marketing agency said you know pick 20 uh, influencers in, in these categories yeah. and you know if it lasts another like two news cycles then maybe it's a problem but i with trump being indicted and all this i i doubt it i think they'll get drowned out don't you well i don't i don't know the trump comparison is a little dicey because this is like the same fueling of the fire <laughs> Any other topics that I'm missing? I'm just going to add in real quick. Y'all know that poor judge that was on the Constellation. Yeah. Catholic. Or the Trump. <laughs> so he's now going to get pictures of his family on social. I mean, he had to sit through a month of whether this is a beer or not. And now he... Now he has the Trump entitlement. I mean, that, they don't pay. I don't know what they pay that motherfucker, but it's not enough, right? Karma. Oh. You know, maybe he's a very nice man, and he'll come back as I don't know Taylor Swift. I don't know. Yeah. Are you going to the Swifty concert, Harry? No, I actually I won the lottery to buy tickets to Rogan here tonight, and then I didn't pay for it in time, and I lost my tickets. Did you realize before you came up that you didn't have that ticket, or is that why you came up here? No, no, I bought it when I knew already knew I was coming. Oh, because okay. I had this lunch scheduled for Got a it. while, but um, yeah, and then Happy Dad, it was all kind of worked together, and I was like, oh my god, that's I wanted to go to the new you know mothership comedy club that's like a block from here oh cool it was the old ritz theater on six oh, cool when did yeah. that open it opened like i don't like I should I don't know know this. Like two or three months ago joe rogan's yeah oh i didn't know about that have I... you ever watched kill tony or any of that 
Do you know what YouTube is? It's a new website. YouTube? Yeah, you put you on the tube. It's really cool. Put you on the tube. You should check it out, Jordan. Um, yes, they film comedy. Many things you see on YouTube, they film here, right here in Austin, just a block. Of, what's funny is I did a little, uh, like, I think it was a TikTok like a year ago, walking down 6th Street, and I was like, oh, there's the old Ritz Theater. Why are they gutting it? Yeah, that's crazy. Dude, this city, it's funny because, what was it? So I went to, obviously, South by Southwest like two weeks ago, and I'm sure Jordan's like, why the hell haven't you written this up yet? Um, but Athletic hosted like a get-together on uh, South Congress. You know, like cool people, Amy Jo Martin and uh, Lance Armstrong and Darren Ravel, you know. Darren not- Ravel is cool. Well, people say Lance Armstrong is cool. Yeah, well, no, but the whole point of this sounds like a this sounds like a douche. That Fernard picked these people. Well, don't insult Fenari with Harry around. You know, Fenari is Harry's adoptive son. Like, but anyhow, I had not been down South Congress in a really long time, and there's a an Hermes store there now. And like, Chewy. no, <laughs> of course we use that word, but it just encapsulates like what's happened to Austin. Like in any other city that wouldn't make a big deal or be a big deal. But the fact that there's an Hermes store on like one of the originally coolest streets in Austin is like, it's viscerally, it's annoying. It's, they've Dallas-eyed it. They Dallas-eyed it. have. And it's funny because it's shown up everywhere. Like this is really, this one store is the source of people's rage in Austin. It's shown up in Texas monthly stories. But I had that reaction on my own. It's really funny. But You're such a hippie. No, but Austin has just changed so freaking much. Everybody's always coming to Austin now because it's Austin. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm here. Harry, this air turned on and it's like right in front of me and I'm freezing. But you know what? That's a good cue to wrap this up. <laughs> Jordan, thank you for holding down the HQ. Thank you for guarding the parakeet and the printer. I will be back in Bear County tomorrow by noon if you need me <laughs> for any reasons. And we'll just uh, regroup, as they say, for the weekend. How's that sound? Sounds good. I think we have a pod with scout tomorrow but we'll see <laughs> oh that's <fair. laughs> if that happens or not i gotta touch base with him so so we'll wrap it up here and wanted to wish you guys a happy weekend if i don't see you again mm-hmm. and uh happy we'll... easter happy passover that's right happy easters yeah and you know you know what i haven't done since last easters <laughs> <laughs> you you haven't had not have diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> all right we're out <laughs>